the whole idea of the bills is to make so your kids can actually live in your same town and your same community and not have to move 100 miles away to afford a house. If you're no stranger to Utah, and even if you are a stranger to Utah, you probably know we are having a pretty difficult time with affordable housing in the state. Our population and growth has just increased exponentially, and the housing supply is extremely low compared to the amount of people who are looking to buy a house. So we have a special treat for you this week. We have representatives Ray Ward and representative Paul Ray on the show this week to talk about their bills that are going to address some affordable housing issues in the state of Utah. Their bills are hoping to A, increase the supply of affordable housing in Utah, and B, deregulate things in a way that would make building homes cheaper and faster for Utah builders. So Let's jump into it real quick. It's going to be a little bit of a longer episode. So let's get started with the interview that I had with Representative Ward yesterday. Representative Ward, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to. Okay, so you just had one of your priority bills uh, pass the House floor today. Tell me what was that like? That was great. I've been working on that for seven months now. <laughs> long time. Long time coming. So with, with the amount of work that you put into it, um, let's tell our listeners what it's about. What does this do and why have you been laboring over this bill for so long? So the reason for the bill is, is to try and face up to Utah's problem of housing affordability, right? Home prices in Utah have been going up faster than wages for a long time now. Everybody knows that. Everybody feels that. It's been getting worse and worse. And the other thing that makes it so bad is we look around the country and we see there's easy room for it to still get even worse than it is. So if you thought of our housing affordability problem in Utah, no one would say we have a housing affordability problem in Bountiful or Brigham City or Draper. It's not a problem of it just one city at a time. It's a problem that the whole state or, or at least the whole Wasatch Front faces as a whole. Um, and so to me, that's why it's important for the state to think it's a whole state problem. The whole state needs to think about it. And both the people who already have their homes and the people who are looking for homes, we're, we're trying to consider both of their interests. And so... How, what are we going to do about that, right? I mean, the state has done tax credits for low-income housing. We've tried to build some units out of affordable housing, and, and it still has just gotten worse and worse. And I think the reason it's gotten worse and worse is really just supply and demand, right? That very most basic bit of economics. We have done a whole bunch of things that have restricted the supply of housing. And so when the demand goes up and the supply really can't catch up, it makes prices go up. So the purpose of the bill is to allow for, I would just say, efficient use of the housing we already have. Our communities are full of houses that used to have seven or eight people in them, and now the kids are grown up, and it's just mom and dad living there, and they would like to rent their basement out, but a lot of times the place where they live won't let them have, it's called an accessory dwelling unit. I mean, they're called mother-in-law apartments. They have a bunch of different names. Everybody knows what they are. Everybody's had them in their neighborhoods. Many people have lived in one at one point in their life, but cities often still just say no. You can't do it if you go ask the city. And the bill is just to try and make it a lot easier for property owners to do that. So in simpler terms, this bill would just allow property owners to have a little bit more of a say in what they do with their own properties, so long as they are the ones that live in, the, in that house. That's right. That's one of the important ways to look at it. And so there's a lot of kinds of accessory dwelling units, right? I mean, you might add on the side of your home. Some people build a whole separate little, like a little mobile home or a tiny home in their yard. But my bill only looks at what we call an internal accessory dwelling unit. So it doesn't build any extra outside structure. It's just only inside a home that's already been built. So the city's already said this size home with this many bedrooms, with this big of a sewer line is okay in our city, in that place. We've already said that. And this bill just says if that owner wants to split up their space inside their home a little differently and rent to somebody, 
that needs to be a permitted use. So just to give you a bit of a background, uh, my wife and I have been looking for a house for over a year now, and dang, the, the housing prices and the level of competition is just absolutely absurd. So this is something that I'm in favor of because it, it helps uh, flatten out that level of competition and hopefully help the housing prices flatten out for longer than a month. But not everybody is on the same page as we are. Um, there have been a lot of disagreements up front, and this is the fourth substitute of the bill, so there have been a lot of negotiations between various interest groups. So tell me, what has that been like? Sure. I mean, it had to be that way. There was going to be disagreement because usually zoning is something that the state legislature doesn't do, and it's something that a city council does do. And so whenever the state legislature says, hey, I have a great idea, I'm going to tell you how how you're going to do zoning, then all the city's councils say, oh, no, you're not. That's terrible. That's your heavy hand. You're bossing us around. And so that was a discussion. There was no way around that discussion if if I was going to run this bill. So that's been most of the discussion along the way. So is there anything else about this bill that you want our listeners to know uh, before it goes along the rest of the process? I think the three things are to know that I've worked with the cities to negotiate, right? We're trying to balance states authority with cities authority. I've worked hard on that. And that's important to me to respect that, but to find this balance. It's important to me that we get more housing stock. We use our housing stock efficiently. And I think that more than any other thing the state could do will affect how much housing prices go up here in Utah. If there's more supply, then whoever has a home will have to face a little more competition for that. And that will keep the price from going up. And just as a property right consideration, what a person does inside their own home, if they're living in their home, to me, that should be their business and not the government's business. So I think it's important to let them do that. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Representative Ward, for taking the time. Congratulations again on getting that passed through the House. And we look forward to seeing it go through the Senate. Thank you so much. Very happy. So Representative Ward's bill is geared towards increasing the supply of affordable housing. Now I have Representative Paul Ray with me, talk a little bit more about how we can make the housing building process cheaper in the state of Utah. Well, Representative Ray, thank you for joining us on the show today to talk about uh, your bill. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Thank you, Harry. And House Bill 98, uh, one of the things that we probably we struggle with for a long time that's only getting worse are cities and how they, number one, how they regulate. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize about 25 to 30% of the cost to build a house in Utah is regulations oh, wow. and, and zoning and fees, you know, building permit fees, impact fees, all kind of fees that go to the cities and, and counties. And so uh, the idea was, is let's go see what we can review and make it less expensive for a, for a homeowner to, to actually build a house. So what does this bill specifically do to fix these problems? Uh, so, so what happens is we have three issues that we're having a problem with. And, and specifically on the, on the new builds is, is your, your um, architectural standards where they say you have to have all brick or you have to have all rock. You can't have siding. You can't have stucco. Well, adding brick and rock, I mean, you're talking twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 additional expenses to build a house. So how does this affect uh, HOAs then? It does not. HOAs can do what they want because that's an option. You're buying into an HOA. That's your call. I mean, I personally would never belong to an HOA. Too many rules. They, they change <laughs> the rules too many times and way too many expenses. So this just affects just the city ordinance levels. Just the city ordinance levels. So the first part of the bill is the is the architectural standards. You can't tell me how to build my house when it comes to how it looks. Okay. You know, you, you, health and safety, absolutely. You can tell me, you know, my electrical code. You can tell me my plumbing code, but you can't tell me that I can't put siding on my house or I can't put stucco on my house or that I have to have a certain pitch on my roof beyond what's required for safety. So this bill ultimately is geared towards trying to make housing options 
I guess, single housing and apartment complexes cheaper? Single or? single residence. That's what we're looking single at. Single residence really. only. Yep. Okay. So we haven't rolled in any kind of commercial or, or big apartment developments or anything like that. It's just single family, building your house. We have some cities that in the past have said you have to have crown molding in your living room. You have to have granite countertops. And the city should never go inside my doors to tell me how to build a house. You have a city right now that says they won't take anything under two bedroom. So you can't build a one bedroom house in that city. So there's some problems out there. So that's the first part of the bills. We're trying to address those standards where they're trying to increase the cost. Second part of the bill is it can sometimes take months just to get a simple building permit. And so we're trying to speed that up. If you have a construction loan, you've got basically six months to build your house. And if you go beyond that, there's penalties and fees. And so when you delay getting a building permit, for instance, I mean, reasonably, you should have a building permit in a few days. Mm -hmm. And so what the bill does is it puts a 14-day limit. If the city has not issued that permit in 14 days, and you have architectural plans that are certified by an engineer, the builder can start. Okay. That way there's no delay. And that forces the cities to get on the ball and get these things done. And, and realize 90% of the cities do that already. They do a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's that handful that are just causing problems. The other part of it is, is inspections. And this is really one of the biggest uh, heartburns we have. Uh, right now, under current law, a city has to have an inspection completed within th- or When you order it, they have to be able to do the inspection within three days. Okay. And the law says if they can't, they're required to go outside and hire a private inspection firm to pick up the slack because you have a couple problems. Number one is you have about six inspections throughout the period of a house. Mm-hmm. And so if you delay each one of those by, let's say, even one week, now you've put six months or six weeks onto construction. And if you have a construction loan, that's two to $4,000 in additional interest that the homeowner has to pay. Oh, wow. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. So that's a big problem. And then also, we have a shortage of trades right now. There, there's a shortage of construction workers. And so you have a crew, a footing crew, and let's say you've got to wait two weeks to get your, your inspection before you, you're going to lose that crew. They're going to go work a different job. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to even a bigger delay to get them back to your job to complete that. And then, you know, the other part of that is the, you know, everything shuts down on that construction site until that, that inspection is done. You can't go on. So you're delaying the entire project, and it's not just that portion of the project. And so the whole idea is to say, look, if you haven't done that three days, because there's no teeth in the law right now. And we actually did a survey over the summer of, of, of cities, and we had certain cities to say, like Draper City, we don't care. We know we're violating the law, and we don't care. Oh, wow. So how do you fix that? You fix that, you put some teeth in it. So what this bill will say is that a builder will, will initially start off with the city. And if for some reason the city can't do an inspection within three days, the builder has a right to go out and hire a private licensed inspector. If he licensed from the state under Doppel, he can go out and hire that inspector. And then once he hires that inspector, the inspector completes the rest of the inspections through the, the finish of the construction job. So if it's the first inspection, he'll do the other five. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, if it's the third inspection, then he'll do four, five, and six. Okay. And then he gives that information to the city after his final inspection so that they can issue the certificate of occupancy. And so it, it cuts that out of waiting for the city. So if a city performs, it doesn't affect them. So this is going to standardize the process across the state. A little, well, not, not completely. I'm sure that there's still going to be some differences in city to city, but it'll have at least a certain standard. Right. The fees we can't do a whole lot about at this point, at least through this legislation, but it does say you can't make me build a more expensive house. Okay. You, know, you can't make me brick my whole house when I wanted to put some siding on one side to save money. Okay. Because some cities say you can't have any siding, period. Because in 50 years, it's going to look bad. Well, I would imagine in 50 years, you've probably remodeled your house at that point. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but it's not the city's responsibility. You know, it's the homeowner's responsibility. Yeah. Actually, there's, there's city councilmen that have called me and said, hey, off the record, I like your bill. We really need to do this. 
Okay. I've had former city councilmen say, yeah, you should have done this a long time ago. I have a current county commissioner that says, I support it. You know, one of, and it's one of the counties that has issues with your inspections. And he, he sees it as a way to save them money at the same time answer the problem. Okay. And so if you kind of step back from it and, you know, they keep saying, well, the, the state should not mandate to the cities. Well, actually, the states created the cities. The cities are subdivisions of the state. So we have every right mm-hmm. to tell them. And this is a statewide issue. This is housing affordability. If we're going to grow over the next 50 years, like, like is projected, we got to have housing. Mm-hmm. And we got to have people that can afford that housing. And right now, when you say a starter home is $350,000, that's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Well, thank you for your work on this. We look forward to hearing it in the committee and uh, hopefully later on the floor. But is there anything else uh, that you would like our listeners to know about your bill? You know, I think that's the key. And the, the whole idea of the bills is to make so your kids can actually live in your same town and your same community and not have to move 100 miles away to afford a house. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Representative Ray. Appreciate it. Thank you, Harry. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for sticking with me to the very end on this episode, a very important topic for our state. Next week, we are going to have Representative Jefferson Moss on the show. So remember to tune in so we can talk about updated revenue estimates. We'll see you then. 